Yeah. I'm here. Everybody can hear me? I can hear you. Hey, good, man. All right. All right, cool. All right, so let me do my little introduction. And then I'll be reading. See, do you want me to say, do you want to go by Hardy Castle or do you want to go by Dewan? You want to go by Slim? Which you want to go by? Me, I mean, you call me Slim, you know. All right, it's your cool. show. All right, cool. So here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome you to the Open Room Podcast. So with that being said, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you take the opportunity to listen to the Open Room Podcast, I'm always greatly appreciative of your time, the most valuable asset. Today, I have a very, very special uh, show. I have two very interesting people. Uh, first, I'm going to introduce... My man from the left coast, uh, like I said, he's a, he's a lawyer, he's a rock star, he's a part-time model, uh, he's a humanitarian, Mr. Ryan Brish, thank you for coming to the show. Thank you much, Clyde. Uh, do you have pictures of me that I don't know about? Yeah, I do. Is, I think I got is, a couple back Okay. <laughs> okay, all right. I was wondering where the modeling part came from. <laughs> thank okay. You. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, no problem, my brother. I thank you for your time. I thank you for your time. <laughs> All right, second guest, we have what I what I like to call the smoothest operator. He's cooler than the other side of the pillow. He's a humanitarian. He's an activist. He's a father. Uh, he's an overall great guy. My man Slim, aka Dewan Freeman. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate that. First of all, I just got to say that you guys are the prettiest guys I've ever had <laughs> on the. Um, <laughs> And, you know, so I appreciate you coming out to the show. So before we begin the show, let's uh, let's I like for both of you to talk to the listeners. Just give a little bit about your background. Let's start with Mr. LeBron Brish. You have a interesting path, so go ahead and, and tell the people who you are. All right, thank you much. Uh, my background: born in Israel, grew up in Texas. From Texas off to New York, New York back to Israel, and I moved out to LA about a year and a half ago. And uh, somebody who grew up in Texas and then lived in New York, California was always the, the evil empire, with L.A. Mm-hmm. being the the capital of, of said empire. I've been out here yes. a year and a half, and I'm loving it. Right, so they, lie, right. they lied to me. It's wonderful out here. They lied to you. <laughs> they lied to me. That's right. That's right. And, uh, you know, go UT, right? Horns up. Horns up. Ne- Horns next year's up. a year. Oh. Next year's a year. Okay, right on. Next guest, Mr. Dewan Freeman, a.k.a. Slim. Talk to the people. Give them a little bit about your background. Uh, hey, man. Uh, you know, born and raised in New York, a little, little right outside the city, the suburbs uh, called Nyack, and then lived in a place called Middletown. Uh, you know, uh, I, I currently, I advise companies that are in uh, distress, so about to go through bankruptcy, or in bankruptcy, trying to help them figure things out. Right on. I appreciate that, man. Also, a father of two amazing uh, young men um, who I care for very deeply, and I think they're the future of this country. So now, here's here's the one connection that all three of us have that I think uh, one day will, will definitely um, take place is Mr. Brandon Pollard. 
uh, you know, I think we've all had um, some great experience <laughs> with my man BP. We're gonna get him on the show one day. Uh, yeah, uh, y'all, I'm telling you, Hardy, if you ever, Slim, if you ever want to see something funny, just look at the banter between uh, Mr. Leron and, and Brandon about USC and Texas. I mean, it's you think you know, Ohio State one is <laughs> uh, it's, it, it's crazy. It, it's always fun when you've got two people who are fans of of uh, schools who are basically in the gutter the last 10 years trying to decide which school is actually better. It's um, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's, it is. It is wonderful. It's, yeah. Uh, and, every, yeah. and every now and then they play each other. So it's yeah. <laughs> All right, my brothers. All right. So before we get into the couple topics, let me, let me just ask you guys. Let me start with you, Slim. Oh, Slim got kicked out the, the yeah. heck. What Back. is going on? Come back. Let me see if he, come back. Come back. <laughs> he must have hit something. He didn't All like right. me. <laughs> this has never happened before. This is actually funny. This is actually funny. All right. I don't want to start over. We're going to keep going. All I'll right. just edit this part. Yeah. The, the, weird right. thing, the weird thing about the app is I've got a button that says finish recording on my phone, which is. Oh, he's back. Yeah. There you go. You back the one? Yeah, I don't know what happened. I don't know. Just watch. Don't don't hit no buttons or nothing. Just let it go. <laughs> I'll worry about it. I'll edit this part out. So you see, you, see the, you see the one. Right. He he blamed you. He didn't blame the app. He blamed you. <laughs> right? I'm just I, I was sitting here. There. I'm not. I'm not touching anything, man. I'm, I'm sitting here minding my business. <laughs> I'm, I'm just over here giving me the boot. I ain't even. I ain't even. I start dogging on. Don't touch anything. Don't touch anything. I didn't even start dogging on. And this dude giving me the boot. I'm a blame. I'm a blame. Listen, I'm a blame Brandy because he's not here. I'm a blame BP. It's Brandon's fault. How bad it's BP's fault. There you go. All right, so let's take two. Let's take two. All right. So uh, before we get into our topics, my brothers, I want to just do a check in with you guys because I really haven't seen you. How how have you been doing since this whole pandemic? Uh, How's how's your your mental health been? How's your family? How how are you maintaining? Let's start with you, uh, Slim. How how have you been doing since this whole pandemic? I mean, the pandemic. It's been weird, man. Um, you know, I, I, I staying in the house. I mean, you know me. I'm I'm an introvert and extrovert, so I could I could do the solo dolo thing, or I could be out and about. Uh, so it's been a little bit of a you know blessing and a, and a curse. It's it's been a blessing because you know the, my my son's out of school. I've been able to spend a lot more time with them versus having to be out on the road traveling. You know, because normally during the week I'm going Monday through Thursday. I fly out of town. You know, working with clients, and then and then back on the weekend. So it's it's been great, and and the ability to spend time with family, um, and and you know, even for for business, it's as bad as it sounds with everyone being in distress because of this COVID thing. It's it's really ramped up business, but on a more personal front, or or thinking about people, you know, it's, it's sad to see, you know, how this thing has affected so many people, whether it be from job loss or health, and and seeing the you know, the disparities and how it's it's hurt people from, from a health standpoint, particularly when you start speaking about the African American community. So it's been a you know, it's it's been an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, definitely. My man LeBron, how you doing through this whole COVID thing out in out in sunny California and how's everything going? You know, I think similar to most folks, it's a shock to the system. Um, first of all, that's uh, mm-hmm. a new a new reality. The good thing is 
I worked from home previously as well. So that aspect mm-hmm. didn't change too much and fortunate enough to be out here in LA, but having a backyard that really just kind of opens up into nature. And for me, that was a way to just get away from, from it all. If I, to be honest, if I were still living in New York, I don't know how I would have made, a, made it out. <laughs> um, you know, so that, that aspect, been, been, lucky, been lucky to have it from the, you know, the Juan was talking about how it's affecting businesses and stuff. My, mm-hmm. you know, that it's definitely affected us on our end as well. We were going through an investment round um, and that, that, that was definitely tough. Um, I'm an entrepreneur, my, um, so that's, th- that makes things tough. But overall, made it well, out. You know, I think, I think the everybody kind of had that initial month and a half shock. Then there was like two or three weeks of, okay, we're gonna kind of sort of make it out. Um, well, so yeah, you know, making it through like everybody else. Yeah, man, it's it's been uh it's been tough in New York. Um, you know, especially just you know when people are not social distancing and, and following um, you know the protocols right. with the mask and things. And it's about to get worse because you know it's 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 summertime. It's hot. Uh, for my, some of my viewers, um, listeners know that you know I work in the nonprofit field with with young people, and I'm really concerned because you know summer youth was canceled. Uh, you know there are no schools. I mean, it's this is the first time in my life that I never you know thought that I could go outside and not play a game of basketball yeah. or at least shoot the ball around. So it's I'm you know it, it's it's really tough from that aspect and. You know, segueing into my next question for you guys: um, How are you also doing through this, doing this political climate, man? I mean, this, this, we're going through something that, um, you know, our grandparents, great grandparents, might have experienced, but I don't think they've ever experienced it on this level, uh, with the nation being, you know, just, just protesting and, and for once, almost on one accord. So uh, let's start with you, Lamont. Since you're in LA, man, how how has the has any of the protesting affected you? Did you see anything? Were you out marching? I mean, just how's how's it been for you from that aspect? It's interesting. First of all, I think there, there's a few things for me. So I'm for folks who can't see me, you hear my name, and you may assume that I'm African American, but it's L I R O N. Um, it's actually Liron. It's a it's a Hebrew name. So from that <laughs> aspect. You know, my this it's not a it's not a struggle that my parents or my grandparents went through went through personally in terms of being African American here in here in the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. But it has been a, the interesting part about it has been that you know I'm mid thirties throughout my lifetime. I think we've gone through a few a few different social social movements, and it's I think the first one were seems like it's a larger social movement as opposed to just saying hey you know right. it's the women's march so it's 90 percent women there or it's for african-american rights so it's 90 percent african-americans or gay pride so it's 90 percent gay folks like you look at you look at the folks out there and it's really a mix kind of a broad spectrum mix and from that aspect i think it's just something that the country needs you know the last three three years or so it's just been divisiveness across the board you can you know it's not even it's not even just left and right anymore just everybody's divided and this seems to be one of the first things that's bringing people bringing people together and i'm glad that you know the general message of the change that needs to happen has won out the for me the scary part was you know the first couple nights where where there was also looting where i was afraid that that aspect was going to overcome the larger issue 
right? We, mm-hmm. where I'm in LA, the kind of that first night of looting was about a mile and a half from here where usually I run. And so instead of running through there, I went kind of the morning after to see what's going on. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'll put this on. I'm just glad we've been able to separate the bad from the actual, you know, the, the, the collateral damage from the actual message and the actual movement of what needs to happen. Right, right, right. That's that's an excellent point. That's an excellent point. I I can completely agree with you on that, uh, Mr. Mr. Slim. Man, how, how's how's the protesting and and the, the the social climate been from your perspective where you are? Oh, uh, you know, I, I think it's been very interesting. I, I'll say, you know, kind of to piggyback off of, of what Laurent said. I think there are a lot of people who are active. It's been the first time, and you know, I, I've seen. A bunch of these, unfortunately, you know, deaths and killings uh, by by police officers of, of people of color, particularly black people, uh, and it kind of seems like it's you know it, it's that city, that area, and and other people and other cities will will you know will march and, and protest. But I think you know, this is the the first time I've seen it so broad. I mean, this is going across the world. I know they've had them in you know in. In Germany, in Australia, there there's been massive protests, um, and I think this is the first time it's come to the doorstep of people who are not black, right? Uh, you know, you, you saw the video of of the the police going down the street and, and shooting tear gas at uh, a, a white couple that was on their porch, right? And there these are people who were just on their porch minding their business, and you know, it, it's it's kind of you know, you've got that. You've got the, you know, the elderly white man up in Buffalo that the police shoved down and, you know, he busts his head on the concrete. And so people are, are getting a, a firsthand look at, you know, while it is, you know, disproportionately against black people, but just showing like, you know, listen, there's there's a high level of just, you know, police using excessive force in general. And so they, you can only imagine what it looks like if you are, if you if you're not. Uh, from one of the demographics that generally don't have these consistent interactions with police. Uh, I think the other thing is uh, that this is probably the first time where the conversation, again, going to, you know, being so involved, you've got corporations coming out and and speaking out uh, and saying Black Lives Matter, saying that they're going to invest, saying that they're going to, you know, look deeply into hiring standards, look deeply into... You know what leadership looks like. Uh, so these are significant right. changes that people have been screaming for. And, and granted, they're just talking about it now. So we, you know, we do need to see change. But people are are, are becoming aware. I mean, you look at the NFL. For three years, they battled, you know, against coming out and really showing support. And even when they did, you know, I think it was like twenty million or something like that that they said they were going to give. Uh, you know, when uh, Malcolm Jenkins and and, and you know, the players kind of, you know, yeah, players they took the, over yeah. where, you know, kind of where Cap had gotten separated from it. And then now just this last week, I think they've offered to commit like 200 million or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. So you're just really seeing a big shift. Uh, and lastly, it, it's, you know, to to go to Ron's point of, of, you know, looting and, and some of the other things, it's, it's almost as if like, you know, it's sad that things had to come to that, I guess, you know, again, 
it had to get to this powder keg moment where things really erupted like people are really angry and that you know buildings are being burned and and properties being destroyed but that's what it took to get corporate america's attention to get america's attention for people to really be able to have these like force people to have these conversations so i think that that is something that is unique um that mm-hmm. we have you know we haven't seen right like you, there there hasn't been a situation where they people have been forced to really draw a line and choose a side uh well let me let me let me jump in right here because I think you got the perfect segue. And I'm going to kind of get just to spring a question on both of you guys. So you, you mentioned the NFL and you're seeing corporate America, you know, standing up and taking place, right? So basically, uh, earlier this year, uh, Roger Goodell and, and my man Jay-Z, you know, they held this big conference and, you know, they said, you know, you know, we're past the kneeling. And I think it's ironic. And then, you know, we had this whole big thing with Colin Kaepernick. Um, him not working out so my question is and we're gonna start with you Leron is um was cap right I mean like does this and let me let me rephrase that does the NFL owe cap a job right now because of everything that's going on like in your opinion like, what do you think about that I'll start with the second question which is does the NFL owe him a job and I'm just I'm of or opportunity opportunity so. without a doubt right I and, and mm-hmm. I'll look at you know the guy who took his team to the NFL if if he can play, he can play. Um, I'm putting that to the side because I'm not a type of person that says, hey, you owe somebody something um, from that aspect. Was he right? I think without a doubt he was right. Where, you know, I'll, I'll say kind of for, from my eyes and growing up in Texas and, you know, the, the folks that I've been around, I think the question is, was the Met, the the was the messaging right the delivery, the delivery. because too many people and, and maybe this is you know just the sign of the times the fact that the guy you know knelt in front of the flag to them it was disrespect to the flag as opposed to actually them paying attention to what he was trying to get across right and then obviously right. obviously you go down the you go down the road of okay well you know we tried xyz and nobody was paying attention then so you know we got to keep trying we got to keep trying other things right but it's right you know it's one of those things where right even when he spoke i forgot the name of the i think it was a former marine corps army guy actually guy who played in texas Nate. yeah Nate exactly Boy. you know mm-hmm. and they had the chat and it was like i you know cap and i chatted i support what he's doing like i get it etc cetera, etc cetera. but by that point the the message that cap was trying to get across was already lost in kind of the the one minute news cycle or whatever, whatever it is that we've got today now it was there a better way to do it i have no idea i'm not going to pretend like you know had he done xyz then everybody would be on board and we would have had this conversation three years ago and the world would have been singing kumbaya today not at all um but you know if if you're trying to get that message if you're trying to get that message across um you know there's a preaching to the choir aspect right the folks who are on your side they're going to be on your side regardless of regardless of how you do it and i think the next step for society is not to strengthen your messaging with your side it's to bring people over from the other side and that's you know mm-hmm. that's if you ask me was he right he was without a doubt right in saying hey like something's wrong here was he right in terms of how he was pushing that message across that i'm unsure about and the reason is frankly because it didn't work 
right? If he were right, then he would have been able to get it across. Now, now let's look at this way. If I go, the other aspect is it's very unfortunate, obviously, that somebody's life slash lots of people's lives had to be lost to get people to wake up to what is going on. And, you know, I, I would wish that there were a middle ground here where the message could have gone across without people's lives being lost and being affected. Um, so that, that's kind of yeah. where I'm at. The, the, the message was right. The messaging was off. Slim, chime in. Uh, what do you think? So I'm going to go with the, the job situation first. Uh, you know, while I've, you know, I, I've supported for the most part, some of Cap's um, moves post, you know, post kneeling. I think, you know, I, I think Cap has been a little bit, and, and the general public has just been a little bit disillusioned with the idea of him getting a job. And I, I think just, you know, support him and his movement. But I just, I don't know how many, you know, other than other than Eric Reed, you know, how many times anyone has been able to sue their employer and be able to, to get back in a job? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just that's just yeah, me that's, just <laughs> being honest, right? Like right. it has nothing yeah. to do whether or not you know that's outside of that. I'm just going on on facts of you know how it works in in corporate America, yeah. uh, and so that part, um, you know, I, I'm just a little concerned that people just don't necessarily get it, and that and I fully understand he was done wrong, right? He was clearly wrong. And 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 that that's without without a doubt. I just think the realism of it is, you know, even even with, you know, I, I and I know it wasn't the greatest. And so I guess what I, what I'll lead to is the next part is, you know, we all understand that. Hey, listen, when you are trying to get into somewhere, a club or whatever the case is, sometimes you you have to play by the rules. I'm not saying how the NFL did the last tryout was correct, but it's also. You know, Cap. If, if you want, if you want to play, you you can't expect these guys to give you a fair shake, right? Like I think that's another thing of, of just saying, hey, look, all right, they're gonna, you know, it was last minute, it was unorthodox, and all these things, and I just don't think he he did anything that was gonna help him get in the league. Not that they even really wanted him in. Right. Um, and then I, I'll touch another part, which is, I personally don't think that he should want back in. Uh, and I, I understand, right? Like he should have the right to, but I think his platform is so much bigger. His impact is so much bigger. And then there's also the, you know, coming from, like for me, for me, right? Being an investment side, you you always weigh, weigh the risk. And I think yep. Cap has, for his movement, has benefited from not being in the NFL, and it's given his movement more power. Because I think the other thing is the downside is. If Cap gets in and he doesn't excel, right? And part of that could be because of Russ. Part of it could be right. just maybe right. he he wasn't, yeah, he wasn't, you know, right. as sharp as, you know, his last two years or whatever in the league. He just wasn't as sharp and there there may be some decline. You know, that then it comes out, then then the narrative narrative of, of even that changes. It's like, see, you know, he should have never gotten a job. He, he, he wasn't good enough. Um, and, and there's that piece. But... Well, well, I mean, for me, when I when I to, to to chime in, I mean, I think Cap lost his job to Alex Smith, correct? When he was playing during the season, so I don't know, was it due to injury? They changed the offense. I think it was you know, somebody that, that else because Alex was they had traded Alex out, but yeah, he you know he had lost his job. Um, 
but even that, right? Like, there was a bunch of speculation. I think he had changed. He went, he had gone like vegan and, and lost a lot of weight and then got injured. So there was just all, all this stuff around yeah. it. But um, yeah, I just I just think you know it's just one of those things. Like the movement had become so strong, and I, I get it right. He should he should have still had had his job, but his platform became so big. I just felt like it it wasn't. I don't want to say it wasn't worth it, but it, it was better for him to just go on with with the movement that he had started because that was like a legacy thing, right? If Cap goes back yeah. and plays football and and he's not able to do all the things that he's able to do being away from football, the, the legacy changes. I think Cap now is someone who we're going to look back at. You know, and we I think we already look at it as mm-hmm. such, but there's going to be a time where other people will look back and he is now cemented in history and it's just one of those things. A lot of times, the person who's the trailblazer doesn't get the benefit or reap the rewards of their sacrifice, but you're forever illuminated in, yeah. in history. Yeah. Um, and so I'll I'll switch over to the other part, which was, you know, the kneeling. Listen, there is, it, it didn't matter. He he could have, no, he could have stayed in the locker room. People didn't want to get it right, and yep. and and that was just that was it. We can we can take that away, and we can talk about the Confederate flag, right? Nobody's doing anything, uh, you know, kneeling, not going, whatever the case is, and people still hold on to the Confederate flag because that's what they want to do. People, and it was just, it's, it's very similar to people talking about, you know, how people want to switch the focus on the looting or whatever. If there's something that they don't believe in, and they can find a way to change the messaging, to change the narrative that's what they're going to do. People did not want to accept or talk about the fact that black men and women were disproportionately being killed and and racially profiled and harassed by the police. And so they didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to accept it. And so no matter what you did, they were, you know, they weren't going to, you know, they weren't going to accept it, right? Like you look at the LeBron James, just shut up and drill, right? He He's not supposed to talk about it. And that, that's exactly what it is. People don't want to hear it. Uh, and 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 that's unfortunate that that's how it is in America. Until now, people are forced to talk about it, and and it is very unfortunate that George Floyd had to lose his life. But it's it's you know the irony of the fact that Cap knelt, and then we're watching this officer kneel on someone's neck. It's a sick version of poetic mm-hmm. justice. Like I, I can't even call it justice. It's just yeah like that is that is it's it's something to be said about that yeah you know what I'm, i apologize i said alex smith i don't know why i was tripping it was blaine gabbett yeah. that he lost his job to uh and and christian ponder that were those were two so i forget so i'm sorry about that it is late on my side you know what you bring up an interesting point man the, the shut up and dribble and i think that'll be the next segue to, to what i want to talk about keeping it football uh we all heard um, Drew Brees' comments about the flag and I know look, you know, LeBron touched on that in his first explanation so he in my opinion um, he totally didn't get it um, I, I didn't appreciate his approach now, I'm a, I've always been a huge Drew Brees fan uh, despite him going to uh, Purdue in the Big Ten uh, you know still still rooted for him in the pros um, I was greatly disappointed but uh, I'm, I'm not wasn't too quite keen on his apology, but I know we all make mistakes. I just think he totally 
didn't get it. I don't think he got the information. And once he saw the black, the backlash from all his teammates in the league, you know, he kind of changed up his role. And I don't know if it was because he was hanging with a certain political party or if he had certain friends. So uh, let's chime in on that. Uh, Ron, you kind of touched on it. What do you think about so Drew Brees? I, I actually have a question for you. I'm going to turn back around on you, Clyde. Because because what okay, you said ahead. was that you know you didn't appreciate his approach, and here's one of the things that that I'm curious about, and that I'm seeing as somebody who's not African American, is the the aspect of not getting it, right? Because you know whatever you know I I heard what Drew Brees said and et cetera et cetera, or read it whatever it was, and mm-hmm. I agree with you. He didn't get it. And I'm not going to pretend like I always got it either, or that I fully get it now, right? Um, you know, the the point now is to is to listen and understand. But from that aspect, right. you know, one of the one of the things that I look and say and wonder is, at what point is it okay, if ever? And this is kind of an open question to to forgive for folks who don't get it, if that makes sense. No, it, it makes sense. I mean, one, let, let me just say, both of you know me very well. Both of you know that I'm a very emotional uh, person, especially when it comes to something that I'm passionate about, right? I call that the gift and the curse. So sometimes um, when I hear situations like that, I react. I overreact and then I come back down to, to you know, to regather myself, process, and then probably will have a better reaction to it. Um, my biggest issue with, with Drew Brees was the timing yep. of it, and I don't I don't know if, if he if he's the total blame because you know people in the media know right. how to ask questions for entertainment and create yep. controversy. I just wish his wording was different. And as far as like not getting it, unless you go through it. Uh, case in point, so I'm I'm pretty pretty active on social media for some reason i don't know what it is maybe it's because i was born in ohio uh, a lot of a lot of people who are republican and support the maga movement reach out to me both black and both white uh they both in my opinion i'll never disrespect anybody for their political beliefs you know because i'm not i don't consider myself democratic or republican in, in that stand in that standpoint i try to vote for the issues we know one issue at a time um so with that being said i had i have a a you know, I won't call him a friend, but he just wanted to have a conversation with me. And he says, you know, some of the kind com- of the same similar things um, that Drew Brees said. He also said some more out- outlandish stuff. And my, my thing to him was, yep. it's the timing. You know, you really pick and choose your moments. I mean, you want to have a debate. But right now I'm in an emotional state because we're not just talking about George Floyd. We're talking about Aubrey, who got shot down in broad daylight in Georgia. Breonna you know, and, Taylor. And with, when you're African-American. Yeah. Brianna Taylor. I mean, Mike. I mean, like you know what? I listen. I can sit up here and we can, we can list so many names of people uh, who were wrongly done. Yep. This is nothing new. You know, um, somebody said that racism hasn't you know you know hasn't changed. It's just being recorded, and 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 that's just such a deep statement because things are getting called out. You know, sometimes when you don't understand or you're comfortable in your life there's certain issues that goes on. i mean there's certain things that go on in other countries as you know way better than i would that you know that that are just appalling there's simple life and death that i can't comprehend until i go through it and you know i told i told this one guy have you ever been racially profiled you know um my time in college was was a very tough time because you know i was racially profiled uh daily 
you know, driving in my car, you know. Um, and unless you've been um, pulled over for no reason in the middle of the night on the freeway with a light in your face um, and talked to in a demeaning way, there's no way to describe it. You know, there, there's no way to, to, to really understand it. But I think the best thing you can do is have a conversation. I mean, you know, we're all human. Um, I'm not going to sit up here and say Drew Brees is a racist or, you know, I don't like him anymore simply because he made a comment. You know, I, I just didn't appreciate it. I did appreciate him um, for whatever reason. Um, going back to his teammates, having the conversation. If his teammates are going to rock with him, and you know, I got to give him yeah. the benefit of the doubt. And you know, to touch on your, go yeah, ahead. that 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 makes a lot of sense. From the, I agree with you one hundred percent that it's, you know, one the timing aspect. Like a whole group of folks, if not the nation, is is in is in mourning. Don't try to, you know, don't nitpick about some. Right. Actually, this is really right. Like that's. That was without a doubt not the right place, time, moment to bring to bring any of that up. And you know, the, it's interesting. It's interesting how you how you put it from the aspect of you know, if you haven't been in that situation, then you can't imagine what it's like. And it's interesting because you know you you mentioned that that I'd be able to see it from you know in Israel, right? I will have a lot of people coming like, how right. dare X, Y, Z happen or this happen? And I'm just like, and I'm like, have you, you know, have you been there? Have you this, have, right? And to me, oftentimes, until you've lived through it, the key is to hear from the other person what they felt, saw, believed. After that, you know, feel free to disagree if you want, right? Um, but it's the key aspect mm-hmm. is first understanding the person who's actually lived through it or is still living through it um, and just listen and, and understand before making any sort of judgment or, or opinion. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think my man Slim, I think he had a, I think he has a different aspect. How do you feel about Drew Brees' you know, comments? I, I, I thought it was all crap. Uh, I was, and and that's I'm, I'm keeping it PG because there might be some kids that listen to the podcast, and I say that for, and I, and I say that because of this. Drew Brees, number one, you know he's long supported you know Republican politics. It's well documented that he's friends with Donald Trump, and so even if we do set those things aside, Drew Brees is not a you know, whatever, 21-year-old kid. He's not 22. Drew Brees, he's He's the seasoned quarterback. He's a seasoned leader, you know, of of an organization. And so he's, and and he's, and he's media trained, right? At this point, at this point in, in the game, he's media trained. And so although you may not fully get the experience of what it is like to be black and have to deal with, police and racism in America you are fully aware that what is he's you're aware of what's going on at the time right and so even if you like it would have been very simple for Drew Brees right I don't think he expected that question but it would have been very simple for him to say hey that is not the way that I choose to you know stand up against racism But you know, I can only speak for myself, and 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 this would have been it would have been a non-issue. Yeah, it's very simple, right? Like that's media one hundred and one. Hey, listen, you know what? You go with that answer. 
nobody's going to be mad because that's very true. Hey, look, that's not the way you choose to, to, to protest or speak about things. Then people will understand that. And they probably would have went to the next question. But for him to try to do this deep dive, he's, he's saying what he, he genuinely feels. And now when the blowback comes and he sees that it comes from his teammates and, and there's all this. And I think a lot of it also had to do with people, you know, him being in a city where he's so beloved and, and then seeing people turn on him and understanding the the power of what was going on and, and how much that shifted, right? Because this is no different than what he had said several years ago. But the moment is what's different, right? The moment. At, right. Yeah. And, he knew. And, he, and he's nil before. He's 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 nil with, with, with his brothers. You know, here, here's my, you know what? I'm, I'm going to switch it around because uh, I, I just got to say this before I forget this point. The, the whole thing that pisses me off about, about the whole Drew Brees thing, right, is a woman like um, Laura Ingram, you know, she told LeBron James to shut up and dribble, you know. And, you know, I, I didn't hear one person say, tell, you know, Drew Brees to shut up and just throw touchdowns. You know, so it's all about she it's had, all about the perception. She actually it. went one step I mean, it's, further it's, and, and argued that Drew Brees is allowed to share his opinion. So it's, it, it it wasn't it right. wasn't even a uh, exactly an, an act of an act of omission. It was an act of commission, saying, "Yeah, let him let him speak." Right, but see, it's yep. it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a difference. You know, it's a difference. Now, I mean, you know, I think that both of you guys you know touched on it. You know, it's it's about it's, it's tragic. You know, what this country has gone through is, you know, simply history. I tell people all the time that have, you know, I was just telling, um, Lamar, I was just telling Slim the other day, you know, your kids in, in 10 years, you know, are going to come to you and they're going to do a paper uh, about this whole COVID situation. They're going to ask you these questions. And, and you know, I have one living grandparent left. And, you know, the joke, because you know, he says he ain't never seen anything like this in his, all his years, you know, and he's up there in age. So, there's no way to, to you know, to to really speak or or have a a, a prior example. So I'm trying to say of, of what's going on with the pandemic and the social climate. I mean, this is yeah. this is biblical, <laughs> you know, it's biblical. But um, think of Drew Brees. You know, I think a lot of athletes need to start having publicists. You know, and and running by, uh, you know, the smart ones do anyway. You know, running running by what they're going to say, so they won't get caught out there. I just think that's that's what that is. And, you know, I don't ever want to mention more. That, that's twice now in two minutes. Yeah, I know. I just want to wipe off my microphone. Wait, what was her so name again? Disgusting. Clyde? But uh, just... <laughs> no, 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 we're not. We're not. <laughs> Fool me one. <laughs> No, we're not. No, no, I refuse. Goddamn! If I had the special effects, I, I would. But you know, so with that being said, I think that's a great segue. I think uh, we're going to stay on the same topic. I want to talk about someone who has some NFL ties. A uh, great entertainer, uh, very, very funny guy. Actually, a nice guy. I honestly say I've met him twice in my lifetime. Uh, actor by the name of Terry Crews. Recently, Mr. Terry Crews has been saying a lot of things that, quite frankly, I think he should just shut the bleep up, you know, um, and, and hire uh, a publicist. I mean, I don't think everybody who's a celebrity should use their platform to speak on issues that they don't have. Um, so for people who don't know, Terry Crews uh, said a few things. Uh, first of all, in trying to, I guess, play 
the field or play both sides of the fence. You know, he mentioned that uh, black people need to, you know, be forgiving. And if we don't, we're going to end up like having black supremacy, which was uh, totally just left field. I mean, when I think of Terry Crews, I think of a huge, big, dominant guy who got fondled by an old, uh, decrepit old man. So, uh, you know, I'm going to take this one first. First of all, Terry Crews needs to shut the hell up. Go ahead, brother. Right? He's been on the wrong side of every argument for the last, <laughs> what, three, four years? So, at some point in yes. time, just sit down and shut up. It's, second of all, second of all, <laughs> you know, to, to come out and say black people need to be more forgiving. We are the most forgiving. We've been forgiving for 400 plus years. Um you know, we, we, we live, mm-hmm. many of us have lived by the, the turn the other cheek method. And we, we've turned, you know, turned the cheek for, for a very long time. It's been, you know, peaceful march. And somebody, we've, so I had someone chat me and, and was talking about, you know, like, why can't it, it you know, be more like MLK? And I said, you do realize, and they, they sent me a picture. It was like, this is, this is a crime and, and this is, you know, this is, you know, civil protest. And, and it had a picture of Martin Luther King Jr. And, and some other, you know, civil rights leaders walking, you know, arms locked together. And, and I asked the person, I said, you know, yes, that that's, that is a, a great picture of a, a peaceful protest. So, but you do realize after, somewhere after this photo was taken, that the cops, you know, beat these people with batons, sick dogs on them, used fire hoses, and ultimately, someone shot MLK Jr. in the freaking face, right? Like, so, Man. Man. so it, I mean, it, it it goes go ahead, it goes go back to, you know, um, you know, uh, James Baldwin, and, and I'm gonna mess it up, but he he had he has this quote that in essence is saying, you know, it, it took my father's time, it took my mother's time, it took my you know my uncle, my my sister, my brother's time. It's taken my time. Like, how much more time do you want? Because I, I don't, I, you know, we, we don't have the time to wait for, for you to kind of come along. And so I think that it, it's, it's been that, you know, and, and every time that there has been something, a moment to where, you know, the other side kind of comes up and things become a little bit more aggressive. They've always, you know, the, the government has always found a way to use, you know, to use action to to you know whether it be via you know whatever type of political maneuvering that they can to to make sure that they they quell anything that is any movement that is gaining you know sub- substantial backing um, and, and kind of force and, and force the powers that be within that movement down. So it, it's it's you 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 can't say that right. It's, it's just it's been far too long. It's it's been very peaceful. Um, and, and now people are upset and they're upset in mass. So that quote, that quote that you said, I mean, it was a great quote it was from James Baldwin in 2017. It says, it takes my father's time. It takes my mother's time. It takes my uncle's time. It takes my brother's and my sister's time. How much time do you want for your progress? And, uh, man, I think that that's fitting. Um, Ron, what do you what do you think about Mr. Terry Cruz's situation? I mean, like to I mean for me, 
like he's the host of America's you know got talent um Gabrielle Union she left the show because she didn't feel that she was getting a fair shake for because of the color of her skin or there was a cultural uh balance and Terry Crews didn't go to bat for her but I remember when uh Terry Crews was being ridiculed for being a six foot five 200 something pound of, of mass muscle um and being uh, ridiculed in the media by comedians by uh television host gabrielle union was one of the first people to support her and i was surprised that he didn't support her and then he just quickly backtracks you know I, he, he back <laughs> you know he moonwalked better than michael jackson um on, on both his statements real talk man. so, what, so what, what do you think i come about at situation? it from a slightly different perspective right um there's there's an aspect where you know as African-Americans and Terry Crews being African-American, he's he's part of the family. And then there, there's an, I'm getting, you know, outside looking in, there's an aspect of let's keep family stuff inside. And the reason I say this is as, as a Jewish person, Israeli person, there's, there's a similar sort of, you know, there's a similar sort of aspect where, you know, I grew up with a, with the phrase, you know, keep dirty laundry at home. And so from that aspect, whether I agree with him or not, I can't, I can't speak to it from a, you know, a, a, you know, a fellow African-American saying something about the African-American movement. So that's, that's up front. I'll put that to the side. So for me, everything is outside looking in. From my perspective, I'll I'll tell you kind of how I, how I see things. And whether how I see them matters or not, you know that's <laughs> that, that's also up for up for debate. Um, uh, go ahead. That's I why you here? You know, from my perspective, this movement needs to be, must be, you know, led by African Americans without a doubt. And I agree the aspect of you know how long will it take? You know, even MLK, if you read some of his papers by the end of his life yeah he he starts speaking about you know maybe peaceful protest isn't going to get the job done right and so even mlk is, is you right. know, put mlk on a pedestal as peaceful protesting at a certain point even he was fed up <laughs> he said all right like yeah. what else do we need to do to get this done so from that aspect there, there's there's that aspect now you know in my opinion obviously I, there's, I think there's limits to where things should go, but walking down the street peacefully obviously hasn't gotten the job done. Job done. How I read Terry Cruz's quote as a non-African American and seeing some of the, you know, hearing some of the interviews on some of the folks um, protesting is an aspect of don't leave us behind in terms of in terms of what in terms of social movement and Iwan you had said you had said something along you know like we sh- we don't need to bring everybody along like it's not our job to to convince people but I think but there's an aspect here for this to be successful right. going back to the first thing that we talked about it can't not it cannot just be African American led and if you know if we go to if we go to just the the straight up objective numbers there are not enough african americans to to vote this movement into into place where it should be right you got to bring along other folks to do it um and and i see that in the right. end you know i'll, I'll kind of bring my i'll bring a jewish perspective into this as well where 
if you look back at the civil mm-hmm. rights movement um, in the 60s, a lot of the folks who are marching with the African-Americans in the South were Jews from New York. You know, the, the stereotypical liberal Jew from New York um, marching along with MLK. I think one of MLK's um, kind of one, one of his advisors was actually a, a rabbi. And, you know, there's the there's the, uh, the Mississippi burning murders where basically KKK abducted and murdered three three folks. One was African-American, two were Jews from New York who were going around Mississippi trying to get people trying to sign them up to um, to vote. Right. To make to make the change. And, you know, when I look at that and kind of where I am today, I I kind of I think to myself, you know, don't don't leave us behind because we want to be your allies if that makes sense we want to be your allies and, and push us across right. and you know i'm taking i'm taking this slight you know slight detour so i don't know if y'all have seen ice cubes tweets over the last like week or so um you know there's there's anti-semitic stuff on ice cube tweets combined with the general movement of hey you know we need to get social justice here now, Ice Cube is by no means the right. be all and say all to what's going on, right? But, but you know, when I see those sorts of things, right. that puts that gives me a fear of is there going to be this bifurcation of a movement that a lot of folks want to be a part of that is led and should be led by African Americans, mm-hmm. but in terms of in terms of mm-hmm. the messaging, and that's you know that's it goes back to what. To to whether Cap's message, you know, the difference between Cap's message and Cap's messaging, and I can't speak to whether Terry Crews is trying to, you know, trying right. to play it safe so that he doesn't say anything that you know that won't get him a job in, in a year or so. But to me, it's one of those things where I say, lead the charge, but help me join because at the end of the day, it's going to have to be a social. It's going to have to be a wider social movement because if it's not then it in the future if we look 10 years down the line 20 years down 50 years down the line it creates it replaces one division with another division and i don't believe that the goal of of any social movement is to you know i i think the the goal is to to right a wrong by making things much better as opposed to just replacing something with something else that potentially needs to be fixed down the line and so that's that's how i see it from my perspective okay i, I wanted i was going to say i, I just wanted to yeah, hop in because i want to be clear go ahead, I, go ahead. I, I didn't say that we didn't we didn't need assistance and, and or, or nor was i alluding to that but what i what i was saying is that you if if you are a part of a group right like you know we can we can say messaging but if we're if we're being honest that that politically correct messaging the the kind of like pat you on the back messaging that's been worn out at, at this point in, in, in the game it's you understand that there's something wrong you understand what your your privilege is whatever like because that's that's the other part of privilege to ask someone who is is being actively executed to be kind enough to you to like walk you and handhold you to the process of things that you can blatantly see that's pri- that's privilege in and of itself right and so so for someone to to say well hey listen you have to 
you know, do this. Like, no, there comes a point in time when you can see someone, and in this case, yep. for eight minutes, eight minutes and 46 seconds, yep. have to, you know, endure what this man endured. I, I you know, and and we're, I'm, I'm, I'm taking out the, you know, because I didn't see the, the tweets and I'm going to believe you. So by all means, there's no, there, when you're trying to alleviate hate, there's, there's no need for, there's no room for hate speech. But I, I do think that there is a, a, a level of tone deafness from, from people outside the community and saying, well, we need you to kind of like, you know, sugarcoat this one. Like, no, that's, yep. we, that's, that's been tried to your point, right? Like we've seen the images. Anyone who wants to see that there are opportunities and now it's a, right. it's a call to action, right? Like now there's, yep. there's no more middle ground. Like this is what it is. It, it's in our face. And, and to, to that point, again, that's why I think we are seeing that movement, right? Because yep. people are seeing the burning buildings in their neighborhoods. They are right. seeing, you know, police at, at, attack people that look like them. Mm-hmm. And yep. so, you know, it, it's not because it's kind messaging, right? Mm-hmm. And, yep. and, and, and it's unfortunate that, again, it has to get to this space but you can't you can't tell me that I've got to you know pat you on the back to get you to come along because right. that that hasn't worked and so that's where where I come from yeah. with that and yeah. I think again that's a level of privilege that you know we we see it and I know it's uncomfortable for people to hear that they have privilege right I know it's uncomfortable yeah. to to kind of deal with some of these things that are very raw and and uh, right. you know sharp or whatever the case is but it's like you know the, the patting on the back and the and the calling and, and and asking is something that's been asked for and i think the other part of that is the 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 other end of that coin right the the other end of that kind of that privileged coin is you know we'll, we'll take it to the you know the amy cooper central park thing and this and this has been one of the kind of yep. issues I, i've had with allies is you know, it, it oh. always seems as if the 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 allies, right? They they have this difficulty of feeling like how do how do I be a part of, or I can't speak about it, or yeah. or whatever. But the people who are like villainous and 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 have hatred in their heart and are aware of their of their privilege have no problem with using it, right? They use right. it readily and they use it willingly. And then you have yeah. the people who are on the other side who don't believe in those things and and wouldn't act that way, but they're uncomfortable in speaking out. And and that, again, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know what, I, I, I can't allow you to continue on like this. And yep. so it, it's just one of those things. It is what it is. Yes, it's, it's not pretty. It's not comfortable. But it's also not pretty and comfortable mm-hmm. having to live it. It's not pretty and comfortable but, to have to think about what you're putting on when you walk out. To think about if I go, jo- if I've, you know, if I, because the, the other part of the myth is that if you pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you make it and you become educated, right, that then you won't have to deal with these things or people will see you differently. But no, you, you, you do that and you go running in your neighborhood and then you are now a person who doesn't fit the description of someone who should live in this neighborhood or who should be driving this type of car. And so, it, you know, it's, yes, it's uncomfortable and it may be uncomfortable to have people of say things or it, you know it's it's not you know it's, it's not all you know peaches and cream but it's also not yeah. that living it on a on a daily basis right, right? It's- yeah i mean but we touched on it we touched you know everything you said is right and we definitely touched on that there is a segment of this country of this great country of ours that you know they they have no clue you know they they have no clue and to touch base on ice cube you know i'm not defending or because you know i i like i said i i not going to do that but i'm just saying like but if when you're emotional you're upset you know if you listen man any any this this is this is a random thing for me 
in life you hit me i'm hitting you back if i have the opportunity and if i hit you back i'm trying to, trying to make sure that you don't get your ass back up that's just me personally i mean i don't believe in violence but i definitely believe in self-defense um and you know everybody touched on it you know right now enough is enough and that's what the country's going for you know i'll be I'm turning 43 on on june 15th and i've never seen yeah woof, you know and i've never yeah. seen this much unity ever and you know, and i'm sort of a history buff especially when it comes to the civil rights movement you know uh when people were out protesting you know i definitely was 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 on, on social media saying i'm happy for the protesting but i don't want people to to take the opportunity you know i want justice not justification um when people are you know looting targets and burning down their own communities uh you know that they have to live and walk in you know um i you know definitely i understand you know being a black man being upset being hurt and and and, and being on the defensive but I also, you know, want people to look back at Martin Luther King and look back at Malcolm X and look back at at uh, Fred Hampton and Huey P. Newton. You know, they they organized things. You know, there was no no movement without purpose, and and it's very important that we don't lose lose that. But in, in you know, I, I think this is you know, something that, that we sense. we spoke so. about. I said it, and it, it was ironic. That there was a, a young woman. I forget what her name is. Um, she kind of echoed a lot of the same sentiments, which is, you know, we're, we're talking about these buildings and these stores that are in our, our neighborhood, but they're, they're not ours, right? Like, Black unemployment is significantly higher than anyone else's, right? Our, our health care is different. The, we we don't own businesses. We can't get business loans or, or you know, you, you've got, it's two years ago, maybe, Wells Fargo got fined for for finding out that you know it was it was discovered that they had unfair lending practices from yep. you know from years and years so you know again when you look at these things and we can talk about you know if we want to and just want to isolate it to to you know police killings that's one thing but this is a, a systemic, systemic. and yep. in every part of of your life it, again it's, it's yep. going to the bank it's living in your neighborhood it's schools it's healthcare, and so you know when people are saying hey look you know don't do this don't do that like this is not ours it's not ours right if, if you look at these these large corporations you know they're they're backing politicians that are, are vehemently putting in you know against us right they're putting in policies to continuously hold people down hold people back and so yeah you know what like it doesn't it doesn't sound great but if, if this is what it takes to get change and and that's exactly what it seems like again when, when you start bringing things to people's doorstep when when target is now called to the carpet and they need to think again the, the messaging shifts from you know what is happening to why is it happening and there's a call to action then you then you you know it's it's unfortunate but it, it clearly is what needed to be it done is. for for this to happen because there again this is not this you know this is not the first time it's, it's not yeah. going not it, going to be the last right and but not, I, not gonna be the last I agree, I agree not with, with not gonna be the last. most of what you're saying I think you know the the reality is is ugly there's no you know let's not sugarcoat the reality that's Put it out there and force people to to deal with it, right? And especially the people who don't live through it. That's the thing. It, you know, it, like you said, you you live through it, and you have to force people to understand what the day to day is like. From you know, from seven a.m. when you wake up till eleven o'clock at night when you go to sleep, because otherwise nobody is gonna get it. And and I don't think that I agree with you. There's no way around the hey this is 
this is what it is. There's the the politically correct aspect of of trying to describe this stuff never worked, doesn't work. It allows people to to say the mm-hmm. right things and you know pat each other on the back that they said the right things, but then nothing changes. That's that's the that's the reality, and that's why the direction that it's going now is is the right one because it forces the folks on the outside to say oh damn like that's that's the reality that i wasn't aware of now let's you know figure out figure out how to how to deal with it yeah. um and so i agree with that 100 there's no there's no way around it that's that's the key here well listen here my brothers um we've been on this for about an hour and I want to um, wrap it up because I don't want to take too much of everybody's time so let's do this we're going to I'm going to give each of you 30-35 seconds to give me your final uh, word of the day you know you can talk about anything or how you feel just definitely wrap it up and we're definitely going to have a part two uh, to this discussion because there's so much more there's so much more depth that we can get into so let's start with you Mr. Mr. Slim give me your 30 your 30 uh, 35 you know, second word of the I'm day I'm going to keep it on, on brand with this topic which is you know I think now's the time it's, it's a call to action for everyone to take a part of the movement whether you're white black Asian you know Latinx um you know, it, it, we're, we're in a moment in time for people to really step up and, and do the right thing. And if you are unaware, ask someone, uh, seek information and, and be active, being active, whether it's donating to campaigns uh, that, that promote, you know, action that, that is gonna help make things change, whether it's volunteering time, don't let this moment slip away. Don't look back and, and be missing from a part of history that is, is, is definitely going to be talked about. It's definitely going to mold the future. Definitely, definitely. Mr. Leron Brish, give me I your final thoughts. I think we're in a time where folks are basically putting a line in the sand in terms of are you going to be part of the change going forward or are you going to be left behind? And the key to getting folks pushing forward and as a collective group as a country as a society is opening the lines of communication and most importantly is being able to to learn and to listen um and also to sharing and i think that's what pushes people forward and to sharing to sharing the truth not not sugarcoating to sharing the reality of what's going on and to push forward into the change into creating a better society for for everybody going forward Excellent, excellent. And uh, as I wrap up today's show, my final thought is simple. Uh, one of my mentors I had when I was young used to always tell me, Clyde, you need to move forward, play it forward, never look back. And I'm going to agree with that uh, 90% of that. We definitely, as a country, as, as Americans, we need to move forward. But we do need to look back. We need to look back at all the fallen people who fell victim to police brutality and unjust practices of the law. We need to look back to our forefathers who, whose ideas of this country have gotten lost. We need to look back a little bit to, to our fallen leaders and be sure that we're representing everything that they believed in and died for. Um, I do believe that we have the ability to be the greatest country in the world. Um, I think we're, we're, we're not there yet personally, but I think we can get there and we can only get there if we work together. 
So with that being said, I want to thank everybody for listening to the Open Run Podcast, whether you're listening to it in the morning, afternoon, or the night. Uh, I always appreciate your time. And I want to thank my guests, Mr. Leron Brish, Mr. Dewan Freeman, a.k.a. Slim. I appreciate you guys' input. Uh, we're definitely going to do a part two, man, um, and, and, and definitely get into some other things. So thanks for coming on the show. And uh, thank you much, Clyde. Later. Dewan, my brothers, I appreciate you. Definitely a pleasure.